feeling stressed, left without gravity, in an environment that gets more and more complicated and complex every day, untangle your mind and go back to the roots of clear thinking. Get the original text of the Leviathan by Hobbes, the two treatises of government by Locke, the social contract by Rousseau, plus the U.S. Constitution from Pennsylvania, bound together into just one practical book. That's right. Hobbes, Locke, Rousseau, and the U.S. Constitution, bound together into just one practical book to keep your costs low. This is when we switch over into the more scientific domain. And so we're going to do two things, as I said. We're going to take a pretty deep look at how the brain functions. As far as we know, in our current state of unimaginable ignorance. Like, we're, we really know so little about the brain. Or maybe we know a bit, a, li a bit about the brain, but we certainly don't know anything yet about consciousness. And consciousness seems to be a very... Well, it's a relevant part of the brain, right? It's sort of the part that everybody cares about, since... Consciousness, in some sense, seems to be you, even more than your brain is you. I mean, your brain is just this thing inside your skull. But your consciousness, you know, that's your being. We don't have a clue about consciousness. I, our scientific, we're not even able to conceptualize it in a scientific manner. It's a real mystery. So, but having said that, there's still plenty of things that are interesting to know about the brain. And one of the things we're going to do and this is sort of associated with the Freudian idea of the id. You know, the id for Freud was the natural self. And so that was your primordial, you could think about them as drives or temptations or, or values. Values is probably the most accurate. Anger, sexuality, those are the top two Freudian concerns. There's plenty others. Eating, Freud didn't care about that. We do now because everyone has an eating disorder, or virtually everyone. So, for the Victorians, it was sexuality. For us, it's food. Sex doesn't seem to be a problem. But we just can't eat anymore. So, we're going to take a look at the low-level biological systems in the brain. And those are systems, God, some of those systems are so old that even crustaceans have them. So, for example, this is so cool. So, if you give a lobster who's being defeated in a dominance fight, because they fight for dominance, and they might even know it. If you give a lobster, if you take a lobster who's been defeated in a dominance dispute, he'll go back to his little lobster hole and pout. And when, when he's pouting, he gets all collapsed. And you can't even really get him out of his hole with a stick because he's going to sit in there and you know, be upset about his dominance defeat. And maybe he'll come out as kind of a new lobster all ready to go again. And maybe not. If you take that same lobster and you give him antidepressants right after he fights, he won't go back into his cave and hide. And he'll fight right away again. And so you think about that. That means that the circuitry that underlies our defeat-related depression is 300 million years old. And even crustaceans have it. So that's way down in your brainstem, man. Because lobsters hardly even have brains. In fact, if the lobster is big and tough, and he's been a dominant lobster for a long time, and he gets defeated badly, then when he goes off to pout, he has to dissolve his whole brain, because all it does is dominant stuff. Then he grows a new subordinate brain, and he weasels around with that for a while. So, and that's useful to think about the next time you really get defeated, because all that pain you're going through, it's like you've got some circuit repairs to make, and if you've been badly defeated, well, maybe you should just let yourself collapse. 
and all that stuff clear away so that you could come back. So that's low-level stuff, brainstem stuff. It's way down at the bottom of your being, you know. But we're going to talk about systems that are above that too, but still low. The hypothalamus, for example, is a very cool brain area. It's sort of responsible for all the basic drives. Hunger, temperature regulation, sexuality, um, defensive aggression, predatory aggression looks like it's something different. Everyone has those systems. You know, so they're like these sub-beings that live inside us, but they're also preconditions for communication. You know, because you might say to your friend, I'm angry today. And your friend doesn't say, well, what do you mean angry? He says, well, what happened to upset you? Because he knows what anger means, and the reason he knows that is because he's already got it in his head. He's like you. He gets angry, he gets sad, he gets afraid, he has the basic emotions. But not only the basic emotions, but the basic motivations. And so we're going to look at the brain systems that underlie the basic motivations and the basic emotions. And in some sense, those systems are equivalent to the physiological incarnation of the id that Freud described at the end of the 19th century. And so that's a nice way to look at it. You'll go through the psychoanalytic thinking, which, which kind of puts flesh on these systems, because for the psychoanalysts, and this is why they're still relevant, those weren't just systems. They were living personalities, narrow, one-eyed personalities. They only want one thing, but personalities nonetheless. Ancient gods, that's another way of looking at them. And things you have to contend with, whether you believe in them or not. We'll discuss all five traits as well. Extroversion, as I said, that's positive emotion. Neuroticism, that's negative emotion. People vary on those dimensions. Agreeableness, that seems to be associated with maternal behavior on one end, and predatory hunting on another, because human beings are hunters, and mammals. It's a weird combination, right? Because if you're a hunting mammal, you have to figure out how not to kill and eat your children, right? And that happens in lots of mammalian species, especially among the males, so they have to be moved away, but human beings have solved that, more or less. You know, it gets complicated in mixed families, because if you're the child of a step-parent, you have 100 times the likelihood of being abused. So, we'll talk about conscientiousness, which is a great predictor of long-term life success, but also associated with fascist political predispositions, because it turns out that the way you vote has very little to do with what you think, and very much to do with what your temperament is. So, even for high-level cognitive functions like political belief, these underlying systems play a determining role. Feeling stressed, left without gravity, in an environment that gets more and more complicated and complex every day? Untangle your mind and go back to the roots of clear thinking. Get the original text of the Leviathan by Hobbes, the two treatises of government by Locke, the social contract by Rousseau, plus the U.S. Constitution from Pennsylvania, bound together into just one practical book. That's right. Hobbes, Locke, Rousseau, and the U.S. Constitution, bound together into just one practical book to keep your costs low.